Welcome to Kibbe on Liberty. This week, Maz Ture, the founder of Black Guns Matter, a candidate for city council in Philadelphia, and he is going to tell us how to bring libertarianism and liberty into the hood. The secret sauce is doing it, not talking about it. Check it out. It's good to finally have you on. It's good to be here, man. Maj Ture. Yeah. Um, I want to dig into a lot of stuff that you're up to not right now. You have like 10 different jobs. Yeah. And I, I don't know how you physically do all that stuff. I sleep on Sundays. You sleep on Sundays? Yeah, literally. But you're, you're most famous for Black Guns Matter. Yep. And you're running for office as a libertarian. Yeah. Um, and uh, before that, you were a hip-hop artist mm-hmm. selling music. On, on on the subway. Yep. What do you guys call the subway in Philly? Uh, the sub. The so sub. it depends. If we take an orange line, which runs north to south, that's yeah. the sub. If it's the blue line, it's the L. But give it. Give us some background. Let's let's dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. Than, than maybe you have on other interviews. Uh, you know what? What's your story? Born and raised in Philly, right? Born and raised in Philly. Um, you know, my mother. Uh, she got remarried when I was like fourteen, and they moved. And he was in the Navy. And the Naval Yard here, like, in Philly, like, closed down. So they had to move somewhere else. And when they moved, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not living there. That place is, like, completely boring. So I wound up moving back to Philly. I've actually lived on my own since I was 15. Because my mother had bought a home. And she, she did, um, like, home rehab. And so what she did was she rehabbed the house. But then when she got married, she moved. And she was like, well, you're a young man. You can live there. Make sure you go to school. You can live in Philly on your own. So I had this five-bedroom, three-story house in North Philly that I lived in on my own. Nothing can go wrong there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so um, she 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 had already given me a certain level of um, understanding of liberty, but she didn't she didn't know it, right? So um, so off top, okay, you drop out of high school. <laughs> We're not doing that no more. Um, you start trapping weed. You know, you start selling weed. Um, you see all of these different experiences and people. Because everybody has the commonality of weed. I don't like I've met people that are complete ends of the spectrum politically, whatever, but they all smoke or they hide smoke or they sell a gang of weed. It would be dudes. I'm like, yo, I got weed. And they're like, yeah, me too. So what do you want to buy some? You know, so um, having all of these experiences and then when stuff got a little tighter as I got older. Um, I started like robbing the weed dudes and the coke dudes because it just made sense in my mind at that time. Um so that taught me about like how unaware people are of their surroundings. Um, and then two, um, it gave me a conversation about the war on drugs, you know, because I'm like, well, these dudes actually do really work really, really hard. They put in like 18 hour shifts. I know dudes that would not, you know, to get their pack off. We not going to sleep for three or four days. I would just wait till the three or four days and then thank you. You know what I'm saying? And so all of these things over time, by the way, I'm past, again, I'm past the statute of limitations on this. Allegedly. These are alleged things. Um, maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it didn't. Yeah, maybe you, it didn't. You never know. You never know. Um, it's just all entertainment. So um, <laughs> so what happened there was- um, And how old are you? Like, you, So you're, so rob, t- you're robbing I, drug dealers. How old are you? Uh, I had to be, at that time, I was like maybe ni- 19 to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
I, I remember when I started, it had to be 20 because I, didn't, I had a job at Foot Locker at 19 because I had left school. And then when I had the job, the job was paying full time. The job was full time and I, I was making money on like um, commission, but it wasn't matching my weed money. So I was like, yeah, I'm out. But then a drought happened. So I didn't have any tree and, I, and my connect got shot in the face. So I didn't have any tree. So that's when I started robbing people. So it had to be like 1920. Uh, not the 1920s, but I was 19 yeah, yeah. or 20. Um, and then after that, I just remember uh, like, oh, this is easy. Nobody's ever going to tell, you know. And, you know, and I, you, know you, you justify a lot of stuff in your mind, especially with the lack of knowledge. Well, these guys are selling death. No, they're not. They're selling a choice. You want it? I, hey, I happen to have the cocaine that you want right here. Oh, it's interesting. I have the money right here. That's a trade. You know what I'm saying? There's no victim involved. And so that's over time. I'm like, oh, okay. But at that time, I justified it that way. Then I wanted to go make music because I was like, yo, this is like the occupational hazards for robbing drug dealers could be a little, you know, rough. Well, like like getting shot in the face, right? Kind of like that. That that I feel like that's a market signal that that maybe this is not an this ideal is not career the thing choice. That you, you know, I don't know how yeah. long you, I don't know about your four hundred one k in this one, right? You know what I'm saying? And so uh, I made music because I had all of these experiences that I wanted to like share and stuff. But then I was like, I, then I, what the curveball was I started reading more, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. So I started making music, and the music reflected. I was like angry, like. The white dudes did all of this stuff. And so some of my music reflected that. And so I started traveling around the country because I was like, I'm not giving these labels my money. So I started traveling around selling music. I literally sold the music on the trains. I did it in Philly, did it in Cali, did it in Chicago, did it in Detroit. I used to take the tra- the bus, the Chinatown bus in Philly, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning. And I would be in New York by 9. I would sell 50 CDs on a train, get on a 3 o'clock bus, $5 a piece, two fifty. Get on the bus back to Philly and we'll hit the um by five o'clock at five thirty I will be back for the rush hour for Philadelphia people and nobody knew that for months, damn near a year at a time, I was in New York every day selling my music. And um so by me having these relationships with all these people from all these stories that I've had, I will go back to those towns. Yo, I'm gonna go to Cali and I'm gonna hit their trains and sell the music. And I will have a friend there, yo, where's Steve? Oh, he caught a he in jail. He caught a gun charge. Well, damn, who he shoot? Oh, he didn't shoot anybody. He just had the gun. Oh, that's crazy. Go to Detroit. Yo, where Kurt? Oh, he caught a gun charge. He's in jail. Who did he shoot? Nobody. He just had the gun. Yo, come back to Philly. Yo, such and such caught a gun charge. What did he do? He was driving. He had the gun. Nobody robbed nobody. I'm like, I'm out here scot free. I robbed everybody. But the missing information was the thing. So that's how it fast forwarded to my understanding of. This is a highly organized phenomenon. You do not want people to have guns. And then, you know, because fast rewind a bit, because I've always read lightly, but then adding more uh, American history because I was like so mad at white people like y'all like white people have been like super dangerous, like historically. Right. Conquerors. Right. But at the same time, you like it because it's like if you have the power to withstand it. It's the block. It's the same thing. I want his corner. I'm going to go take it by force. If he's strong enough to withstand, then I'll fall back. If not, then I got a new. I got some new real estate. Um, so in essence, like the streets and geopolitics is kind of like the same. So saying this to say, um, I was so mad because of a lot of the information that I was um, misinformed about. I didn't really read American history like that. I was like, they stole everything. 
then I'm like, well, conquest happens. And you, if you're being honest with yourself about the shit that you've done, like in the mirror, like not the fake shit you tell other people, but like the real you, you can find, yo, you robbed people, bro. Like, what, how are you mad at American history? It did happen. It was conquest. But you robbed people. So put your ego down a bit. So studying American history, I'm like, yo, some of these dudes was on point. And so that's when I started mixing a Malcolm X ideology with a Thomas Paine ideology. You know, um, mixing a Harriet Tubman with, you know, uh, I don't know, one of the other dudes. And then and then finding the contradictions in both. Yeah, you mentioned Milton Friedman in your yeah. in your in your uh Ballotpedia, you you filled out a form for running for city yeah. council. How do you know this? Is you the feds, bro? Uh, yeah, I, I I checked you out, but <laughs> like so so these intellectual influences, like yeah. like who who was your gateway drug? Like who who was Malcolm? For, Malcolm. Malcolm. Off top, he just evolved, like kept evolving right in front of us. Yeah, and I, it was the similarity to me. I'm like, you you remember the movie The Truman Show where you like, yo, is this a movie? Like, so many of the things that I read in his autobiography, I'm like, yo, this is, like, me. You know, no different than in reading, you know, uh, certain contradictions, like, in Thomas Jefferson. I'm like, dude wrote this. This was dope. Dude owned people, too. That's not so dope. There's a contradiction. Right. And so seeing it, it created, Malcolm is the one, though, that I looked for his contradictions. I couldn't find them. Even when they ran the tapes back of when, um, you know, Malcolm was under heavy CIA surveillance. And um, what was it called? The COINTELPRO. Mm -hmm. So was Dr. King. And they would run the tapes back and supposedly Dr. King had affairs. I don't know. I wasn't there. And Dr. King's a great man in my mind. And, you know, chicks are chicks and he's dope. So whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get like an anti-sexist. I'm going to get the anti-feminist tweet after that. But anyway, there was no, there was never no... Um, tapes of Malcolm stepping out on his lady so he consistently owned who he was when I was Detroit Red I'm pimping I'm slapping bitches that's what it is I got a fucking slick back perm I'm pimping go to jail I'm in jail that's it you know I'm, I'm trying to beat back this addiction to drugs you get exposed to new information you know hey I learned about same thing you learn all of this history about American history that was untold you get mad at white people some of it, I think they're trying to make people mad at white people now. And again, don't get me wrong, like American history is ugly. And it was ugly for the colonizers, too. It was the starving times happened, bro. Like digging up your own like horses and having to eat them. So saying all of this to say, Malcolm's mad now. He's like, you devils. <laughs> I hate you devils. And it's like he owned that. Then he gets ousted by the Nation of Islam. He goes to Mecca. He sees white, Spanish, Latin, whatever, people uh, evolving in brotherhood under the form of Islam. He comes back. He says, you know what? I was kind of tripping right there. But there is kind of like racism happening. So he evolved again. Um, he just kept evolving, and I couldn't find his contradiction. You know what I mean? When I was robbing people, it's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rob you. I'm going to take your shit. Like that's, it's not like I'm going to steal it. I'm going to take it barefaced. There's honor in that. It well, kinda. You know what I mean. Um, so for me, but you decided at some point that that there wasn't anymore. Yeah, it's no honor in it in reality because you're 
your perception of what you're calling honorable, you can tell yourself. It's like warlords always come up with like these real like freedom based names. But you you rationalize it because they're drug dealers and drug dealers are bad. Boom. Right. And it's like, well, so what? And that's that's how you rationalize it. But the reality is you just want to take from somebody that can't tell. Because if they tell you go to jail, there's less chance of them like, what are you going to do? Hey, man, this guy took my coke. Can you guys, police officers, can you get it back for me? You know what I'm saying? And there's a code of ethics that you don't tell. If you're outside doing what you're doing, now that part is honorable. I've chosen to do a thing, you know, that it comes with these, you know, pros and cons. And I'm not telling on nobody else because I got caught up in the jam or I wasn't paying attention. Um, but over time, and fast forward, going back to the reading, you know, it's like, yo, this war on drugs is, like, not really working. Like, where's, like, wars, like, they end. Like, like what are we, when I was little, yo, like, Nancy Reagan was like, oh, like, say no. And it's like, yo, bro, is we still saying no? Like, nothing happened? So then learning a little bit more, it's like, yo, you actually were wrong for robbing those dudes. Because um, you, you were fed something that you didn't really uh, objectively analyze. Because you could, for whatever reason, your schooling, your blah, 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 whatever. So, um, so take all these intellectual influences, um, Malcolm X, Harriet Tubman, yeah. Milton Friedman, Thomas Paine. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure anyone else has ever mashed up those four guys yeah. into a cohesive philosophy. But at some point, like, did you ever say at some point, uh, I think I'm a libertarian, or was it just just all the, of these influences pushing you in a certain direction? No, the first person that even used the word libertarian that I thought was crazy uh, was uh, Big Boy from uh, Outcast. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is that? What is what does that even mean, you know? And then doing a just a modicum of research. That's that's what most people say, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a word that gets tossed around much. Right, and um, I just remember going. Let me just hop on. At the time, I was still using Google, and I was like, um, let me just check, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But then I still wasn't really politically active. I just knew this new term. And um, I, I dabbled with it a bit, but then doing fast forward more to Black Guns Matter, I was around, I'm around so many Republicans all the time. And even those philosophies, I'm like, well, this, I align with these principles too. Um, but then as over the last four years, seeing how so many Republicans is, um, the older ones especially, they like real bitch made. You know, they like, they just say a lot of shit. They don't really like do it, you know what I mean? And uh, and then seeing little little touches of still lingering bias, I'm like, oh, you ain't even out your own matrix yet. Oh, okay, cool, you know. And and over the last five or six years, like, yo, this libertarian thing. But it was what was difficult was um, at that time. Let's say four or five years ago was how do I translate this to my demographic and turn it into political power? All of that other shit, I don't care about. You know, if it's Republican, Democrat, can we turn this into power to, you know, like, like actually do something? And uh, libertarians philosophically are super on point. Um, we just lacking in the execution because everybody want to do this like 
I'm the most libertarianist libertarian that you could ever see. And it's like, yeah, but my friends will punch you in your mouth. So how does that help you? Like, are you a strong person that your non-aggression principle only works in a space where you're not, the whole place ain't aggressive as hell. So how are we going to make this practical and how can we translate that into the spaces to get more people in these demographics, the numbers, to get an alignment? And I struggled with that for a while because I'm like, yeah, my hood ain't going to really, you know, until I have a moment to translate what this means. I'm traveling around the country like teaching people gun stuff. I got to get them on this gun stuff first to be able to protect stuff and overturn some of these laws first. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a metaphor for for broader stuff that that liberty allows yeah. for cooperation and and flourishing in communities and all right. that stuff. And you know, you you mentioned your mom was sort of in, instinctually liberty, and and as you as you sort of watched what the drug war did to mm-hmm. your community, that that was really your that was your thing that said, you know what, these these supposedly well meaning government mandates really fuck things up yep and yo if the the murders and trauma that i've seen is because it's like you can't make more land right it's a finite amount like on earth right or livable at least i don't know i've never been to antarctica you know so if we fighting over blocks that none of us own and the thing that we're doing on the block is unlawful my uncles were alive at a time when they dropped the coke off in the 80s, the 70s, the 80s. They dropped the coke off. It was an open-air market. Then they let them get comfortable. Then they dropped guns. Then the violence happened. Then they came. That was really a money laundering scheme on the government's part. It was drop the coke, drop the crack, teach them how to make crack, drop it in an economically depressed area. The gentrification popped up. We're going to extract the money. We're going to build the Miami skyline with coke money, right? Then after a while, after the cases, you can't prove that you got this through legitimate means. Now we're going to seize the assets and we're going to sell them. And we, as the government, are going to take the money. It was beautiful. The, the strategy of it was amazing. It just did tremendous damage to my hood. And me being under that thought process at that time, I can rob the drug dealer because the drug dealer is selling death and they're fighting over these blocks. But you're looking at, you like looking at the flies, not like the dirty trash that created the maggots that made the flies. You know what I mean? So you killing the flies and leaving the garbage. Okay, more maggots, more flies, so on forth and so on. Um, libertarians don't explain it that way. Because they're really, really smart. Austrian economics. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm trying to, like, feed my by, house. By, by the way, Thomas Massey sort of said the same thing yeah. without dropping the F-bomb. Right. He's, he's, never, <laughs> right. he's right. never read his I've Austrian never heard economics. Him Ever. I I've, I haven't either. Yeah, I'm scared of him now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of don't cut. Well, he's 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 well armed too. Oh yeah, so he's, yeah. I'm good. I'm chilling. Yeah, and yeah. he's built like digital chicken coops that work on solar panels. Like I do somewhere else. He's yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Him and like Tesla is like there. Um, is he gonna come campaign for you? Yeah, I asked him. I actually um, this is a humble brag. Um, the last time I was in D.C., I just shot him a text and was like, hey. I'm in D.C. He like he's like, yeah, I'm at the. You want to? Because I was in Congress with um, I was doing uh, a TV show, and the TV show, Rand Paul was supposed to be on their show, but the stars aligned, and the, um, they was like, yo, you want to go to Congress? And I was like, 
yeah, why not? Let me put my gun somewhere, and then I'll, you know, go over there, allegedly. Um, <laughs> and so... Uh, that's just a story. That's just a story. It's all entertainment. Um, and so what happened then was uh, when I was going there to see that interview happen, I texted Thomas Massey and then chopped it up with him about it, and just he gave me a lot of game. And I asked him. He was like, yeah, absolutely. He couldn't give me the endorsement. One of their rules is... You can't give another candidate an endorsement in the actual, like building. Yeah, you, you can't. I mean? You can't do politics. Yeah, in the thing, and so he and was there's like, there's totally no politics going on inside of Congress. In the politician yeah. place that yeah. is happening. Never happens. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, but yeah, he gonna get behind it. Hopefully, I can get um, Mr. Paul to do the same. And then um, my reasoning for that is, on the libertarian side, we need we need more hood involvement. We need we need urban America involved. We 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 passed the point of Democrat Republican. Like, come on, like that's my reason. One of my major reasons for um, running as a liberal because I could have ran as a Democrat. I could have. The drawback was some of my national following would have been like, yeah, no, sorry, because you know I had a dude tell me, Maj, I love you, if, but if Jesus Christ came back and ran as a Democrat, I would not vote for Jesus Christ. And I'm like, well, that's pretty clear. It's pretty tribal. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so um, we just need to mix it up a bit. And that's my goal. And it'll toughen the Libertarian Party up. I mean, y'all, that, that philosophical, all of that back and forth all day about a thing, like, nah. In real time, in real life, in practical meanings, right? I'd rather deal with securing the hood under the thought process of liberty first and some of those bigger issues deal with those seconds. Sometimes we tend, we, me too, um, we tend to put the cart before the horse. And so that's really what kind of like what I want to change, you know, and influence in the Libertarian Party a bit. Let, let's, t- let's talk about your candidacy since we're going there. You're, uh, what, what are you running? You're running as a Libertarian for city council, yep. um, 80% Democrat. Is this, is this a um, at-large yep. seat? Yep. So you're, you're running in the whole city. Yep. Uh, what what are you running on, and 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 what's your path to victory? So I need forty five thousand votes to win. I need everybody that's listening to this interview to like go donate. The people that I'm up against are very well connected. Um, they're not gonna just give up their comfortable seat. That, so it's an incumbent seat. I have to take a seat. There's no open seats. Um, so I need like hella donations. You know, does that mean you're running against everybody? So. Yeah, kinda, but not really, because I'm because it's a minority seat and it's at large. The way that Philly structured, um, the Democrats is like we they have districts and they're like, OK, we'll give one of the they I'm not a threat to any of the Democrats. I'm not um, in the seat, in the job. Um, I actually the Democrats should get behind me because I'm from a Dem- I am. You know, I was raised Democrat. A lot of my values, I understand why some of their um, legislation, what they're attempting to do, I could add to that. Right. And give more of a solution. Um, So, no, the only person that I'm a threat to is the two people in that seat. Um, And they're both Republicans and the Democrats in Philly. They just don't like Republicans. You know, it's it's, it's, again, tribal. Um, So, yeah. So technically, I would be a threat if I was running for one of those particular districts. Mm -hmm. But I'm not. And I don't want to. I don't want to be limited to a district. I want to be able to, like, pull up in somebody uptown. And if they have an issue, I want to be able to find some resources to help them. You know what I mean? Help them strengthen a bit and then stand on your own because we ain't doing that whole like crutches the whole time thing. 
You know what I mean? Muscles go into atrophy after a while if you don't use them. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be at large over the whole city. Um, and I want to get more urban America understanding what liberty... Just because you are understanding liberty concepts doesn't mean, you know, that you necessarily have to not be a Democrat. I just want to get people to have, and that demographic to have, more exposure to what these ideals are. And then they make the decision from there. So what, what, are, the, what are the liberty issues that, that play in the city? Um, so one, the one that I'm running on is um, decriminalization of cannabis. Like, totally. It's decriminalized to a certain amount, right, in Philly. But that's not decriminalized. That's like you're still telling me, now, you can have this much freedom. But hold on now. You're not intelligent enough as a human to have too much freedom. So we're going to slow down now. You know, um, so that's one of the issues. The hood love that. Because whether you smoke, sell, whatever, yo, you should not be going to jail for that. That's it. 46% of people nationally in jail or catching cases for weed. Cool out. Cool out. The lie is the jig is up. The lie has been exposed. It's not the gateway drug. Like, so how... Obama become the president if it's the gay shouldn't he be like on crystal meth at this point if that's the case so um that's one um, and, and by the way that data is is specifically skewed yeah to people of color right right you know what I'm saying and so it's like there's a bias in the results there's a definite bias in the results because the amount that people are using them black white if that's the you know it's similar so oh so from catching a charge to sentencing to going through court to all of that it just so happens that all of, like the black and brown people get punished more. Like it's the war on drugs and gun control. Like all of that is tied in. It is racist. That is it. You might have had the most well-to-do meaning, whatever's you didn't. But even if you did, the outcome is the outcome based on results. Um, so my hood re- resonates. Oh, so really, civics back in schools. Because again, for me, it was like, yo, this is what them, them dudes was writing. This is dope. Oh, so the government isn't in control of us. Yo, Mrs. Uh, Smith, why didn't... Yeah, well, we don't teach that. Well, why? Shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Getting civics back in schools. Um, decriminalization of cannabis. And uh, I want to make uh, Pennsylvania or Philadelphia follow the rules that the rest of the state does in regards to the Second Amendment. Philly has a statute that says if you carry, you have to carry concealed, even though Pennsylvania is an open carry state. Like that's a, so that's directly in opposition to the state constitution, which is unconstitutional. And they just do it because they're the only city of the first class uh, over a million people in, in the state. And that needs to be addressed. We lock in dudes up for, again, not shooting. If you rob somebody as a former robber, if you rob people, if you rape people, and if you commit homicides unjustifiably, I want to throw all of the books at you. I want you to go to jail like twice. I want you to lock him or her under the jail. I'm cool with that. But that's all we should be having police chase people for, in my view. Or, you know, around that significant thing. So Violent crime. Violent stuff. Like, there's an actual victim. You know? And so, um, those are the things that are all based in freedom. And I just want the hood to get in alignment with liberty and freedom. And if you want to stay Democratic or Republican, like the eight of y'all in Philly that's Republican, cool, stay there. But the thought process is going to change you. The way that you vote, the policies, regardless of the letter in front of whoever's name, we're talking about paradigm and culture shifts. You know what I'm saying? And what was missing was people that 
was front was cut from the cloth was from the demographic that didn't trigger the the left's um very good PR that made yeah Matt he's definitely a racist he got tattoos he's got a that mustache he's either like a a, a mixologist or like <laughs> a, like a, a racist a barista a ba- or right or a Nazi right one yeah. or the other yeah. he's got that mustache he's evil clearly you know what I'm saying they've done very good PR yeah um and so I just want to I'm going to just make sure that that messaging doesn't work on the hood anymore the hood is libertarian it is you know what I'm saying yo leave me alone I'm chilling <laughs> do your thing I'm gonna do mine I'm not gonna hey I'm gonna knock on your door hey can I would you like to share some sugar with me because I ran out hey I'm going to the store would you like I'll help that is the hood generally you know and uh that's all I'm really gonna do and uh those saying that to say those uh three of those things that I just named that I'm running on are all tying in really back into liberty. That's all it is. So why? So there's this sort of contradiction, and and the lines are blurring, and you're seeing guys like Rand Paul on the right, focused on mass incarceration and drug decriminalization, and and that narrative that that we're you know we're we're putting too many nonviolent kids in prison, mm-hmm. and once you put somebody in a cage, it's it's hard to get them back in yep. civil society. But you know, most let's let's stereotype here. Most conservatives want to lock them up. Yep. And um, and most uh, progressives and most Democrats now appreciate that what the drug war has done in practice. They're they're generally in favor of decriminalization. Maybe, maybe not Joe Biden, who's yeah. who's an old school drug war. Yeah. But but you've argued that the drug war and and the unintended consequences and and the deaths and the destruction and the war on guns. It's the same thing. Yep. It's the same thing. But but why don't the two sides get like and, and you you, t- you take your message to the left on guns and they just they can't hear. Mm-hmm. They can't hear it because both sides think that they're open minded. They're not. So just like with selling weed, there's people that are on it different ends of the spectrum that have commonalities in the form of weed. Just like guns, there's people that are on different ends of the spectrum that have commonalities in the form of guns. Sports. Different ends of the spectrum, you know, we b- both like the Eagles. They just don't know that they have that those biases in common, too, because their biases are different. But the concept that they have in commonality is bias. So if I say to some, some of my friends on the left, if I say, yo, bro, you actually not anti-gun. And they go, yes, I am, because guns are bad. Okay, cool. So police and the military shouldn't have guns, too, right? Well, no, they should have. Well, then you're not anti-gun. Oh, and just making people in very simple ways break down where their biases are. My friends on the right, if I say, yo, bro, like you believe in freedom, though, right? Yeah, freedom, liberty, America, flag, red, white, and blue, 4th of July, love it, steaks, bacon, whatever. Oh, okay. You smoke cigars, though, right? Yeah, you know, I smoke cigars. That is cancer. That is what it is. As a cigar smoker, we are choosing to put, like, I talk. That's throat cancer, bro. Like, let's not pretend. Well, yeah, it is, but, well, why is that one okay, but this one isn't? Well, because it's against the law. So who made the law? Government, right? Oh, man. Yeah, your biases are showing. We didn't have people that could talk to both sides and show the biases without, when I explain that to somebody, on 
both sides, and I go, yo, I love both of y'all sides. The problem is you're a side piece. You're not the main chick. You're a side John. And when you show them, like, yo, you're a side piece. You're getting used and thrown away, and freedom is, or, like, actual things, real life, is going back to, like, their real life. You know, and when you show them that, they go, oh, okay, we just haven't had people that were able to do that. Or um, that that didn't care about, like, all of this is just funny to me. Like, when I see people get mad when I'm, like, saying stuff about Trump, and then I could, like, DM Donald Trump Jr. It's like, yo, bro, that was wrong. Like, stop, like, chill for a second. It speaks to your level of attachment to the party or whatever more than the policy, you know. And so... um, we just didn't have people that was from the hood that could do that other than that I know of like Malcolm Malcolm spoke at Harvard you know what I'm saying then he went to the block you know what I'm saying or like Jesus he's like yeah I'm like talking to like Caesar and them or whatever however it go and then like was still in the hood he had a rat next to him that's how the story goes you know what I'm saying so like um we just didn't we we just don't have like and that's what I'm aspiring to be or I am turning into inadvertently we just don't have like people that we could go, we kind of like that guy. We like that lady. You know what I'm saying? Like if I had to, like in basketball, it's like, yo, Michael Jordan is the thing that we got to yeah. take a thousand shots a day. And we, you know, really to get back to that space is we got to get the hood on board to make that happen though. And you got to be strong enough to to deal with um, different ideologies. And a lot of the Libertarian Party, the Democrat Party, the Libertarian Party, the Republican Party, their level of groupthink is stronger than they're aware of. You know, you're kind of describing, you know, this dynamic between the the conservative tribe, uh, mm-hmm. MAGA over here, yeah, and and the woke progressive tribe. They all they all have sort of their biases and their and their prejudices, and they don't even know they have them. Yep. Um, and you know, li- li- the kind of libertarianism you're describing is kind of Switzerland because mm-hmm. you, you can live your life. I can live my life. We don't actually have to choose one and we don't have to use government to like jam it down right. the, the other tribe's throat. Right. You know, that same fight's playing out. Maybe you've noticed it within the Libertarian Party. There's yep. conservative libertarians and there's there's socially liberal libertarians and they spend a lot of time fighting with each other mm-hmm. as if libertarianism wanted to use the power of the state to impose my values on you and and that's the whole point of libertarianism right. is we're not doing that right and all of that fighting right they was they was beating me up on social media they want one they never gonna i remember all of the people that's been talking trash about and i'm gonna see y'all in chicago i think for the libertarian national convention and i remember faces very well my life and safety has been predicated upon it for decades so we'll address that in real life in real time um not in a, in a threatening manner, but it's like, stand on what you just said. Because you said it to me. Like, Twitter and, like, Facebook isn't, like, fake life. You and your thumbs said a thing to me, and my brain heard it, and my ears caught it, and my, my eyes saw it, right? But so, tw- Twitter's like driving. You, you say things to other drivers in your car that you would never say to their face. And, I don't. And, and you're, you're going to engage face-to-face yes. with your critics. If I say something, about, something to somebody on Twitter, I'm going to say it to them as soon as I see them in real life. 
I remember this one dude. I was at the but the first NRA annual meeting that I went to. This one dude that put this smear cam- campaign out about me, right? He saw me in Atlanta, and my friends was like, "Yo, mine's just kind of like," and I'm like, "Fuck that." You know what I'm saying? And um, he said, "Well, I mean, you you had a lot to say on the internet," and I said, "I'm gonna say the same thing to you in real life. Eat a dick." <laughs> Deliber- I, I don't think we have to cut that out, do De- we? No. no. The Libertarian Party needs to have that type of reality. If we get that type of reality infused, we win overnight. Right now, okay, all of this infighting, right? What significant political victories have we had in the last half a century? I don't... F- your moral victory? I don't care. Great, you feel great. You're on cookie. You feel, oh, that's like, oh, I did the right thing. So, you don't get anything, like, for doing the right thing. There's no extra. That's like my children, like, what am I getting for my birthday? What did you accomplish in the last 365 years? You actually should be buying your mother something. It's her birthday. She gave birth to you. You just kind of showed up. So, the hard-infused thought process that hard-working Americans of any ethnicity or race which are constructs right but that's a whole nother conversation the people in urban america that i represent and champion me to be in this position you're talking about all of these high level ideologies how have you made that practical for me to turn that into something that i can pay my light bill with the democratic and libertarian party excuse me democratic and republican party are very good at that because Sometimes to the point of contradiction, say one thing and do another. We have the ability to infuse a liberty concept and make it practical, but they haven't been in the hood. Practicality exists in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Stupidity exists everywhere like the hood too, but practicality to to balance that out a bit. um, And maybe that's part of the reason why they've avoided urban America. You don't want that mirror, you know, yeah, bro, you got, great, great. I can call Friedman Jr. Yo, what's up? Tell me about these great, I've literally had dinner fireside with him reciting poetry in one of my like rich lawyer's houses in Phoenix for the Freedom Summit. David Friedman? Yeah. I didn't know he did poetry. He does poetry. I heard it, like reciting poetry. We got to get him on to do yes. poetry, I think. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, this was awesome. Yeah. Now, let's make that th- those economic conversations and those beautiful lines of prose and all of that. Now, simplify it and make it practical and give it to urban America. We win overnight that way. And um, I'm just cool being a lightning rod to get beat up a little bit. Because, like, I'm from Philly. Like, you can't even hurt my feelings. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you going to do? So we w- we want to come to the hood, by the way, and tell that story because okay. the whole question of of practically doing liberty instead of just talking about it yeah. is that's everything. Yep, I'm I'm totally with you on that. I'm, let's do it. So uh, I want, but I want to go back because you're you're most famous for Black Guns Matter. Yeah, um, you spent a lot of time on Fox News, yeah. uh, talking about Black Guns Matter, and and did this did this start out just sort of trolling black lives matter we was it a was was it was it a pun or, or what was what was the instigation no i like i supported even like kaepernick and bringing attention like use your platform yo it's like 
people getting shot, regardless of race. Like, that summer a few years ago when Kaepernick started taking that knee, I mean, it was almost like in the hood. Like, we couldn't get through a weekend, but, like, an American citizen that happened to be, like, melanated getting shot. Like, one of the dudes was laying on the ground defending his special needs. By, by the cops. Right, yeah. by the cops. Yeah. And he's like, hey, that's my special needs student. He's okay. Don't shoot him. He got shot three times, unarmed, laying on the ground, hands up. And so it was, like, almost back-to-back. So um, Kaepernick. However you feel about how we played it after the fact, right? He used this platform to highlight a thing. And to be perfectly honest, a lot of the killings slowed down. So I wasn't opposed to Black Lives Matter. I'm just, the whole like hands up, don't shoot thing, that's submissive. I'm Leonidas. I don't like take a knee, like bending, submitting. It's not my thing. I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. That's just what it is. I did not expect to be alive this long. Everything from here is a win. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just in the White House. Oh, man, that's dope. I did not expect to be alive. You cannot hurt my feelings. So, I'm with that. I'm just not submitting to tyranny. So, for me, it was like, yeah, I don't care if you think my like I'm not trying to convince somebody that my life matter. I don't care what you think. That's your business what you think. I don't like him. He's got one tattoo on one arm. Matt's got two cool sleeves. All right, that's your thought. I don't care what you think. I have a gun no. And if you don't think that my life matters to the point where you want to like try to take my life or my liberty or my pursuit of property, you're going to see real quick how important my life matters to me with my firearm. So that's where black guns matter came from. Um, and the black lives matter people got a little quieter because um, one, they, they movement got co-opted. That's just what it is. I don't even know who in charge over there no more. You know what I'm saying? When they got co-opted. Um, so I know the people that started the Ferguson movement that turned into black lives matter. Three of those dudes out of five were murdered shot in their head, and their, Darren Seals, his car was set on fire. I drove to Ferguson to have conversations and find out what's up. Law enforcement there aren't even investigating it as a homicide. Three out of five of the people killed, murdered, right? Um, so that movement was co-opted, but that's cool because y'all are bringing a, a, a awareness. I'm not mad at awareness, but awareness got to be matched with, it's like faith without works. Like, you're just praying. Great. You're just going to, like, have dirty knees. Like, that's it. You got to do stuff. So it wasn't to troll them. It was to challenge them to like, if you think that black lives matter or all lives matter, I don't care. All lives matter. Okay, great. Cool. Do you have a means to defend all of these lives? If not, then shut up or study some American history, world history. You know, um, firearms protect life. If it's in 100 years of his laser guns, I'm going to have laser guns. You know what I'm saying? But the most effective means, you know, to protect your your, your border, your territory, your life um, is a firearm. 1775, British, yo, send them rifles back. America, nah. 1776, we're going to shoot them. That's it. Shoot them. All of this appealing to somebody's conscience, Dr. King did that, and he was successful at it. Mind you, he also was a gun owner. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we just we just really were in a space where we wanted to um, 
add to, not, you know, take from. And that was our reason for calling it Black Guns Matter. I didn't expect it to be what it's now. Like, nah, man. Like, you, anybody that says, like, they knew, you know, like, yeah, I knew the whole time. You're lying. You didn't. You knew. You had an idea. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the, yeah, I absolutely knew the whole play. No, you didn't. Football players draw out plays and the plays break down or change. You know what I'm saying? So for me it wasn't um it wasn't to troll them, it was to to challenge them. And even now, um, I'm open to hearing it because I'm not just one thing. You know, we none of us are really. You know, I, I was trying to figure out um if Black Lives Matter had sort of an official position on guns and and they're all over the place. Like the the DC chapter just mm-hmm. tweeted out something that sounded exactly like you yeah. about how gun control is killing us. Yeah. And and yet there are certainly uh, sort of woke progressive factions within Black Lives Matter that are that are all down with gun control, which which I've never understood why a movement um, protesting police brutality would want to make sure that the only the government had all the guns. Hey, they're Nazis. They're killing us. Yo, but make sure only the Nazis have guns. You out of your mind? You know how many guns I got? Well, allegedly. At the end of the day, even if we take it out of that concept, right? I like The Walking Dead. Zombie apocalypse pop off. Love that show. Right. The one girl's super hot. Uh, what's her name? She's with Rick now. I haven't seen it in a while because oh, the, the one, yeah, Michonne with, yeah. The, with the machete, super hot. Well, machetes are right. pretty hot, right? Yeah, simply. Yeah. Um, zombie apocalypse happened. All of the people that were like, "No guns, no guns, no guns," right? The cops are like, "Look, I'm with my family. It's the zombie apocalypse. Sorry, right? We got our stash, and y'all got to figure it out." All of the people that like, and even if you like was growing food and like got like batteries and like generators and like all of the stuff. You were just gathering supplies for me and my friends, you know? And so in those practical terms, it's like, why would, why would, why would that be, why, would, why is that what you want to do? And then again, going back into his story, my, you, you understand my Jewish homies are like, yeah, have guns. Uh, the Holocaust, uh, what is the, the Weimar, even before Hitler. Like, come on, cuz, like, no, armed. I got one of my friends, the Pew Pew Jew. He's like, yeah, duh. You know, and so it's, it's, it's more that education and um, or informing yourself in those areas outside of just what school said. You know what I'm saying? Outside of the fact that, you know, and it's, it's so many different things that make you go, wow. Oh, so Dr. King was a Republican? Oh, wow, didn't know that. Well, why, why were we told only one section of it? You know, and so, um, yeah, they all are all over the place, but we, we here for them. Um, I, I don't I don't care what you do. I don't care if you want to be hands up, don't shoot. It's like, cool, for you. You want to, like, hacksaw rigid. Like, you want to go to war with no gun. If you make it out, you got a hell of a book deal. You know what I'm saying? Great. Don't, I'm not going to stop you from not having one. Don't in, ever in a million years think you're going to try to impose something on me. Well, I'm not going to have one because my gay homies that was anti-gun. So they think, yo, if you was in that post nightclub down there and that weirdo started letting off rounds, would you at least not have wanted the option to defend your life? Nobody's going like, you know what? 
well, it was time for me to meet my maker in my gay nightclub, and I had a great party time that night. So I wanted to go out with a bang, literally. Nobody's going to say that. And if we not, as libertarians, making all of those things very practical, not, and that's where your non-aggression principle, principle can come in. I'm not imposing it. I'm just saying, here, here's very simple ways of viewing this. Do you want the option to protect your life? Do you want your daughter who goes to college in Philly, Temple, which is, the Temple students have no idea. They're in the middle of a jungle. They have no idea. <laughs> they think it's like Starbucks there. Like, it's, it's all good. Do you want your daughter that goes there, three blocks up from where I was raised, do you want your daughter to have the means to defend her life or you just like want her to have a rape whistle? Like whistle so somebody with an actual gun can come help you. Like we got to simplify it and break it down, but it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't definitely the troll and it's just it's really I think the power of libertarianism is the is the ability to make people think from a freedom-based perspective. You know you're not going to do nothing wrong with that gun. You know that about yourself. And if you think I don't know. Usually that comes from your lack of training. So if you train and educate yourself, generally people are good. Generally. It's weirdos, though. Like, you might need to, your daughter might need to put around in a weirdo face. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, you know. And so just giving them that and, and coming from that conversation of freedom um, is how we're going to get the hood on board. It's kind of, the, you know, the, the program for Black Guns Matter is is all about about training and personal safety yep. and and conflict resolution. Yep. Um, and and you said something earlier about about you know you're it's hard to be free if, if everyone around you wants to take you out. Yep. And and so I, I think I think there is sort of a practical application here where everybody has to be sort of bought into the idea that that we're not gonna we're not gonna mess with anybody else. Yeah. We're not gonna hurt them. We're not gonna take their stuff. Yep. And, and you do, you know, one of the ways you do that is in the incentive of wondering whether or not the guy that you're about to rob is, is carrying. Right. If, you, if I'm the weirdo. So it's about safety. Right. And it's like, yo, the gun is the absolute last resort. It's, I, dudes tried to rob me the last time I was in New Orleans at the Libertarian National Convention. I was, in, I was getting way too hammered, way too hammered, starting the process of getting way too hammered, right? And I see dudes, and it was a setup, and I'm like, oh, come on, in my head, like, not tonight, bro. Like, I'm having a good time. It's New Orleans. Like, women are, like, just freely showing you their rack. Have a good time. Chill. Um, And I had a cannon on me, so I'm like, nah, I'm getting out of here. These dudes are trying to set me up. Hey, bro, you want a drink? I'm going to go downstairs and get one. What you drink? No, you should have a Booker's Bourbon. You should have a da-da-da-da. And I got out of there. Conflict resolution de-escalation. And I seen them scrambling after because I went across the street, went upstairs. And you know how New Orleans has the two stories. And um, I'm looking down and I'm seeing them like, where'd he go? You know what I mean? That's de-escalation. I'm good. It's people that step on, like, I got Yeezys on or whatever. Step on my $500 sneakers. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry that I put my foot under your foot. Excuse me. These rounds don't go back in the gun. There's a potential charge lawyer fees and jail sentence that goes along with every round that comes out this firearm so before you even get to a conversation with a gun you know with us we have to deal with the second amendment we have to deal with conflict resolution and we have to deal with you again hold that mirror up are you coming to this class because somebody got you upset and you can't wait to do something to that person 
then we got to have more conversations about conflict resolution. You're not even ready for the conversation about tyranny, let alone owning a firearm or shooting a firearm. I think this is the part that people on the left think that people on the right are not about. You know what I'm saying? So me just going to my, I, a ton of my friends are leftists. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, I still love you. That philosophy's like going to get you killed, though. You know what I'm saying? And with my right friends, I'm like, yeah, I love you, but your conversation is not translating because there's no empathy for that demographic. You know, so um, we just, I mean, basically, we just got a gang of work to do in that regard of creating. I just think libertarianism could, could strike a, a better balance. Like, we could be like the in-between. You know what I mean? And then when you back it up with historical references in regards to firearms ownership, in regards to, you know, the history of racist gun control, when you back it up with historical accuracies to, all right, it's about to be 4th of July, right? And it's George Washington's going to be on all of the commercials, like selling you mattresses and shit, right? George Washington didn't want a two-party system, bro. Oh, it's another thing that we didn't know in school, but we know about is like wooden teeth or whatever. So if that's true, I don't even know. But at the end of the day, libertarianism can be a balanced approach to historical accuracy, um, phil- philosophical and moral conversations that I think is missing in politics, as well as um, the the group of people that can go to the other. The left and the right look at both as the other. And I think we just got to, you know, we got we got the scales of my eye on our side as libertarians. Like, we could be the balance. So, so we got to get out of here. Uh, yeah. Tell us... Uh, how anybody that wants to bring libertarianism to the hood, how do they help you out? So one, they can help us by, yo, donate. Like, I, this, the cost to educate the urban consumer is significant. So we, have, we get in the storefront uh, on the 15th. Donate to the campaign, though, because I want to make sure that this campaign headquarters has information and all of those different things that people can come get for quote-unquote free. It's not free. You guys are paying it forward. Um, that's one way, Maj4Philly.com, M-A-J-F-O-R-Philly.com, uh, or get some merch. Make the hood great again. Go on uh, BlackGunsMatter.MyShopify.com. Um, can, can we get this hat? This hat's hysterical. Yo, the hat is crazy, but I ch- I'm trying to work a deal with this company to like, like, yo, just let me sell it, the hats. You know, maybe I'll just like come up with a, a little Philly spin to it. But yeah, that company, um, so yeah, I'm going to do that too. That'll be dope. Um, but um. Yeah, and just even bigger than that, like if you if you uh if you if you're a libertarian, um, like lean somebody from urban America, expose them to the information. That don't really cost you much. You know what I mean? You got if you're a libertarian, you got a gang of books. Like you got a bunch of books. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, pass some of that information off. That's one of the best ways um that we can help um the collective for the party, which in turn kinda like helps the nation. And then as far as my city council run, you know, donate, man. The individual largest donation is like six grand. But we got a button where you can donate four dollars and twenty cent. Four twenty. I'm definitely doing that. Thanks. No, Thanks, man. I no, man. You can't just do four twenty though. Like no, man. You got a bestseller. You, no, you, you give me you give me this you give me the small number and I'm totally gonna go for it. Or maybe I'll do four hundred twenty bucks. Bam. There you go. That's cool. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you, bro. Thanks for listening to Kibbe on Liberty. Be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. Your ratings will help us reach even more people with our mostly honest conversations with mostly interesting people.